Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Good morning, and welcome to Mother's Day at Gateway. It's a beautiful day to celebrate mothers. Whether you're a brand new mother, an empty nester, a grandmother, or... Sorry, dads. The good news is that you were a very close second in the poll. But seriously, moms, you deserve a lot of honor today. I know what you're doing. I see you out there. You're a fast food cook, you're a teacher, and you're a preacher. You're doctor mom, you're room mom, you're a banker, a chauffeur, a personal shopper, a behavior specialist, a mind reader, and a party planner extraordinaire. You're probably worried about your children pretty often, or you're missing them, or you may be at your wit's end. And I think you deserve some encouragement. The word encouragement comes from a French word, and I love the root of this word. Because even though we think of encouragement as something soft and sweet, and maybe not super substantial, it actually means encourage, to give someone boldness, to give them courage, to inspire, motivate, and strengthen someone, to give support, confidence, or hope to someone. Listen to this word of encouragement. From the authors, Henry Cloud and John Townsend, mothering is the most significant, demanding, and underpaid profession around. We strongly believe that God ordained the specialness and importance of mothering. Honor your mother and father is a recurring theme throughout the Bible. Be encouraged today by knowing a few things that God says to you as mothers. First, he has honored you with the most important job of taking care of his most fragile and precious and impressionable creatures, children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and don't hold them back because the kingdom of God belongs to them. He said, anyone who welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. But it's so important, he also says this, that we may not enjoy hearing. Jesus actually said, if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and you'd be thrown into the ocean. That's how important it is to God that we take care of these little ones. He has entrusted us with the greatest honor in all the universe. It's a big deal. And we may not be worthy. I'm really not sure I'm worthy. In fact, I'm sure I'm not. So, I want us to all be encouraged, secondly, not only by the honor, but also by the fact that God gives us second chances. He wants us to succeed. He knows we're going to mess up. He created us in his image. The imago dei is the Latin terminology, the image of God. 
But he didn't create us to be him. He created us to reflect him like the moon reflects the sun. In the darkest night, the earth would see no light if it weren't for the sun. Bye, baby. I'm so happy on Mother's Day that Dad had to take him out. <laughs> Win for the moms. <laughs> on the darkest night, the earth would see no light if it weren't for the moon. The moon reflects the light from the sun onto planet Earth. But the moon is not the sun. The moon is not the source of light and power and heat and strength. It is a reflection. We are created in his image to reflect his brightness, his light. Wasn't it the very first sin in creation? When Eve said, let me have a bite of that apple so that I will know all the things God knows, that sin was pride. I want to be like God. We are not God. We are His creation, beautifully, wonderfully made to reflect Him, not to be Him. As such, we will mess up. Put our side of pride, em- put our pride aside, how about that? Embrace humility. And God is gracious to give us a way to get back on track, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I remember the time when I realized I had become a yeller as a mother. This was so out of character for me. I had grown up soft-spoken, never learned to yell until I was in college, and I won't even describe those circumstances, but in the dormitory. But then when I had my children, these sweet, cuddly, beautiful, rebellious children, I began to be a yeller at some point, and it hurt me to be that, and it hurt them. I don't even pretend to know how much it hurts them. But when we mess up, God says, you can come to me. I'd like to suggest that mothers need to repent. Look at myself. Say, I messed up. I'm acknowledging it. Going to God, saying, God, look what I did. Look who I am. Look what I'm becoming. I don't like this. I don't want it. And God's saying, yeah, I see that too. You may be the last one to see it and acknowledge it, right? You are. God knows. And saying, well, what can I do about this? And God says, "Um, I'm right here. I say, I'm stained. I'm unworthy. I can't do this anymore. I give up. I'll just let culture take over. And he says, no, no, no. Give it to me. And I say, are you sure? Because really I'm not unworthy. I should probably hold on to it because I'm so bad. And he says, but that's not my will for you. That's not my plan for you. I want you to give it to me. And so if I agree and I say, okay, I'll let you have my stain. It's ugly. I hate for you to have it. I deserve it. He says, give it to me. And I give it to him. And then he says, okay, so turn and sin no more. And I turn and I'm going to sin some more. But I'm going to try not to. I'm going to turn. I'm going to walk the other way. And he goes with me to carry me, to help me. It's part of the journey. It's part of becoming more and more who God has created me to be. Motherhood is a refinement process. Why would we mess up and stay in the mess up? Why would we limit what our children can get of God by just staying in the mud and the quagmire of our own mess? We want to go to him continually, let him clean us of that stain and send us off a better mom. We're those kids and for ourselves.
God is gracious to offer a way to get back on track. Even notable moms in the Bible needed to get back on track. And isn't God wonderful to let us see that? He didn't write some perfect book of unattainable lives that we are just discouraged by. The Bible is very encouraging. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, the main mom we think of when we think of biblical moms. You know, Jesus was a pretty great guy, and she had figured this out, and she might have been a teensy bit proud of him. And they went to a wedding in Cana when he was 30 and had not yet become a public minister. And Mary noticed that the water, that the wine had run out, and so she said, why don't you take care of that, son? I know you can. And he said, woman, why are you involving yourself in this? Which was not at the time discourteous of him. It was just a way of speaking. And she said to the servants, look, don't worry, he'll take care of this. And she pushed him into doing his first public miracle. Look at Bathsheba. Bathsheba was bathing on a rooftop, whether she should or shouldn't have been in that way at that time, we don't know, but she caught King David's eye. And King David and Bathsheba had an affair. And in the process, he had her husband sent to be killed. There was a baby that came from that affair, and that baby was born dead. But King David, despite his mess-ups, was a man after God's own heart. And if you read the Psalms, you'll see where over and over again, David has lament after lament, God, I am so sorry, I'm a worm in the dirt. How can you save me? And God takes care of David because he comes to him over and over again and turns. And eventually, Bathsheba and David had another baby. And that baby became the one that you know of as King Solomon in the Bible, known as the wise king, the writer of the book of Proverbs, and the builder of the great temple in Jerusalem. God loves to bring good things out of mess-ups. When we come to him, let him take our stain and we turn. When we repent, I suggest we mothers need to repent. We also need to encourage each other. Encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing, Paul said in Thessalonians. One of the great encouragers of the Bible was Barnabas. His name was actually Joseph, but he was so great with people that they nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. A couple of things I love about Barnabas apply to mothers today. The first is that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that sounds like something that you might hear in a sermon and just keep going, but let's not. What does that mean? It is everything. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me explain to you how this happened. Jesus came. He had a group of disciples. When he died, they scattered. They were scared. Peter, as you know, in great passion proclaimed his love for Christ, but as Christ was being arrested, Peter said he didn't know him. Three times, the disciples dispersed. They were scared. They wondered, did we follow the wrong guy? Who was this? Are we deceived? I don't know what to think. But in three days, they knew they had followed the right guy. He had risen from the dead, and he spent 40 days with them on earth, teaching them and growing them by leaps and bounds in their Christian maturity. And then he was gone again. He ascended into heaven, and they were left again and wondering, 
Okay, now I'm a little more sure this time, but what's going to happen? And Jesus had told them, I want you to stay here because there's a gift coming for you. And so these followers of Jesus stayed together in Jerusalem, and they happened to be together in a room on the Feast of Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus ascended. And they were praying, and they were worshiping, and I'm sure they were wondering when all of a sudden the sound of a mighty wind came over them, and fire came down upon them and split up into little tongues of fire that rested on the heads of each of those followers in that room. And the people all around heard the commotion, and they came to see what it was about, and they reported, I heard those people speaking in my own native language, and I understood what they were saying about God. And this was God saying, I am filling you with my spirit, me inside of you, so that you can proclaim the truth to everyone around the world. And Barnabas was there. And Barnabas received this indwelling of God in him. Now, this is huge. It's huge. We cannot even begin to understand how huge this is. Have you ever had Alka-Seltzer? Pretty big, like Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer, if you have a glass of water and you have a stomach ache, you might want Alka-Seltzer. And you take the little tablet that's in a package, you could drop the package into the water, and you might say you had Alka-Seltzer in your glass but it's not very effective. If you open the packet and drop the tablet in, it fizzes and fills and transforms that glass into something completely different and alive. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit. We can say, I have the Holy Spirit. He's floating around here somewhere. Yes, I agree. I'll go along with that. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, floating around. Not until we allow him to completely penetrate our lives and change us are we truly indwelled with the Holy Spirit. And we are new people. We are different. We are powerful. Peter, who denied Jesus, now began to preach the gospel. And he preached it so powerfully on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came that 3,000 people believed and 3,000 people were baptized. On that day, that is a different person. That is Peter with his passion, with his want to. Now he's able to. Barnabas was filled with the Holy Spirit like that. Another thing I liked about Barnabas is he was on a missionary journey. Out of this group, God said, I want you to commission two people to leave this place and go start giving the gospel to the world. He said, I want you to get Barnabas and Paul. And we've all heard about Paul. We know he had an amazing conversion experience. We know that he went on many missionary journeys and established churches everywhere he went and wrote letters to those churches, and that makes up most of our New Testament. Paul's amazing. I love Paul. But God wanted Barnabas to go with him. Paul, as gifted as he was, needed an encourager to go with him. He needed someone who would give him strength and boldness, who would tell him when they were in prison and beaten and stoned and all the things that happened to them, it's okay, we're going to keep going. This is what God wants us to do. Be strong, be bold, we can do it. We will never know 
how instrumental Barnabas was in the early church being established, meaning the body of Christ being spread throughout the land. And as mothers, we are called to be a Barnabas. We may not get the glory, we may not get the limelight, and we don't do it for that. We do it to support the one we're with. We embolden them, we strengthen them, we encourage them in the purpose and power that has been given to them by God from birth. Here are God's commissioning words to moms in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 11 says, Remember my words with your whole being. This is right after God has given the Ten Commandments. Write them down and tie them to your hands as a sign. Tie them to your foreheads to remind you. Teach them well to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on your doors and on your gates so that both you and your children will live a long time in the land the Lord promised your ancestors, as long as the skies are above the earth. This is big stuff, too. He says, I want you to remember my words, and I want you to teach them to your children. Not only do I want you to teach them, but I want you to keep them with you always. I want you to think about them when you're awake, when you lie down, when you sit down. I want you to write them on your forehead, tie it on your wrist, put it on your gate, put it on your door. Let my word be everywhere. Teach them to your children. My friend Ashley Parrish loves to teach her children about God. She told me she'd been with her daughter Ella, who was about eight, when um, Ella said she had received Jesus into her life. She loved God and wanted to follow him. And could she be baptized? And so, of course, her mama said yes. And about two weeks ago, eight-year-old Ella was baptized. Now let me tell you what led up to that. Ashley puts little index cards with Bible verses on them in their car. She takes them to Walmart when they all go. They talk about them when they walk around at Walmart. They talk about them at home. She says, and I love this, I believe that God's word does not come back void. And that means if I plant the Word of God in my children's hearts, then God can do what He needs to do with those children. Here's a picture I took right after Ella was baptized. Ella had the most beautiful smile on her face. I said, Ella, why do you want to be baptized? Because I love Jesus. I said, what does that mean? I want to follow Him always. And she was baptized, and there's a picture also of her with this just victorious, beaming, innocent smile. And right after she was baptized, she jumped out, and where do you think she ran? Her mama's face tells it all. Ashley knows this is the most important thing. Not this one occurrence. But this is the beginning of the journey that they take together. Ashley, the Barnabas, the child, the proclaimer of God, the holder of the word, both filled with the Holy Spirit. Mothers are in a unique position in this life. God has created a bond between mother and child that is 
perhaps the strongest there is. We have a great capacity to influence children. We can bring them to church, and I hope we do. I think it's necessary and imperative that the amount of time a child gets in Sunday school or church is microscopic compared to the amount of time a child has with his parents. We, the parents, the parenters, are here to guide the children on a missionary journey. We cannot do it unless we are fully and truly filled with God's Spirit. We cannot. And they know what's true and what's not. They can tell if we are. They can tell if we have God in us. No matter how much we mess up as moms, our children still want us. We are still in that position of influence. Watch this. So maybe you thought today we would talk about how to encourage our children, some more parenting tips, and we could do that forever. But I think maybe it's more important today to talk about the power of not the encouraging mom, but the encouraged mom. You cannot be a true encourager without being encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And yes, we are called to it. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. If we seek God and allow him to indwell us, we will be who we need to be for our children as well. Will you stand as we leave? Hear the words from Paul to encourage you as you leave. May the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer for us today. Go with God. Let him be truly in you so that your children and be who they were created to be. It's a great honor. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.